Welcome to the Buried Gems Podcast, where we dig through internet literature to try and find the next big thing. Uh, so uh, I guess uh, proper gen, fancy octopus, Connor, Seth. So we asked your question, Connor. It was, it was burning. Oh, burning question. Yes, that's right. Um, so I'm just dying to know. I'm uh, basically bursting with anticipation. Um, Seth, what was the fortune on your cookie? Yeah, all right. <clears throat> Get ready for this one, guys. An important business venture may soon develop. Hey, Seth, I don't know if I told you this, but I actually recently joined, you know, a thing that's called Primerica. You know, we're really a top-down company. And this is how I'm gonna it works. you right there. I recruit I want... five people, and then you recruit five people, and then we got, like, and then you get all the revenue from your five people, and I get all the revenue from my five people. I work, see, you could think of it as, like, a triangle that's, like, three-dimensional, you know? There's, a, there's another word for it, but, you know, I can't remember. Yeah. Seems legit. I mean, you had me at Dude, the, Corp, so you a three-dimensional triangle. That sounds pretty sophisticated. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's a complex mathematical object. There, I don't know how to describe it. You know what? Other than platonic, you know. Platonic. Did, did you say Humericorp? Is that the name of this place? Uh, it's called. Humericorp. It's called American Corp. You American. know, say, they American sell Corp. they sell pieces of uh, land. In uninhabited regions of America, yes, uh, including uh, some so, Phil- Nova- so Nevada. Well, well, exactly, as well as uh, you know Guam, you know, ah. and you know some Philippine Philippine islands we still hold on to, and the U.S. Virgin Islands, you know. Well, you know, I only have a couple thousand in the bank. Is that going to be? Oh, oh, that's not a problem. So if you just you know <laughs> deposit in a thousand dollars right now, that'll get you all the things that you need as far as programming and software goes. That uh, can get us started. In fact, you know what? If you pay, you know that thousand dollars right now, I will write you a check to reimburse you. You just need to cash in at your bank, and you're good to go. Well, so I promised a lot of money to a Nigerian prince, so I'll have to get back to you tomorrow. <laughs> but we should be good to go. All right, sounds good. I'll, uh, Damn, I... that fortune was right, Seth. You just came up with a big business fortune. This sounds like a legit company too. Look, I mean, if you, <laughs> it seems like it's important to me in all the wrong ways. If you look at this, yeah. You know, if you look at this, you know, plan, you could actually make five hundred thousand dollars your first month. Whoa! I, up to five hundred thousand. I mean, you could. Yeah, if you recruit like fifty people, you could you could make that much money. You just have to, you know, you know, convince your friends and family to also bet in a thousand dollars. You see what I think, I'm saying? I think I know. I think I know a couple of stay-at-home moms who would really like to get in on this venture. Stay-at-home moms, army wives, you know, there, there, there is definitely, you know, a cream of the crop there. Eighteen-year-olds who don't understand economics, you know. I mean, yeah, and <laughs> don't, and there's Sorry. probably always people to sell to. I mean, it's not like you'll exhaust the amount of people in the world in the ideal plan. That's not gonna happen. Nope, it's not like mathematically you can only do that eight times before you run out of people. But you know what? I mean, you know, that's just uh, that's seven billion clients. If you have seven billion clients, <laughs> give you one thousand dollars. That's like seven trillion dollars. You're good to go. So you just gotta work harder. You can make you can make seven trillion dollars your first month. I promise. Coming for you, Bill Gates. <laughs> See you in a month. Damn. I mean, Bill Gates would probably sign up. He's a smart businessman. He's probably already. He's a smart man. businessman. He, he this this plan is foolproof. 
I mean, I think after hearing story, we can all agree Bill Gates, not smart enough. Not smart enough. Yes. Work smarter, Proper not gent. harder, guys. Well, that's the and... best part is because other people will work instead of you, right? Because you recruit the five people and they do the work. Yeah, think about it, you know, and then you get the revenue from them working. And if you get Wait. those five people, get five people, then 25 people are working for you. So this means that you're my boss? I mean, sure, and I don't have to work, but, you know, I guess I'm working right now telling you about this business venture. I should get paid right now for this. This is ridiculous. Honestly, you should have stopped while you were ahead. I mean, business sounds good, but being underneath you, man, it's just not going to cut it. I'm going to have to back out. I hear what you're saying, but you could recruit, you know, you could recruit (laughs) Fancy over here, and then you could be Fancy's boss. Yeah, you could. I would be willing to be recruited. Well, you know what? That that fortune cookie said a business venture may soon develop, and that's what I'm seeing. It didn't promise any results. (laughs) (laughs) I'd say say it was a good business venture. Well, you know where we're going to get some results is with these stories because they might become the next big thing. No, they're not. And this is the the, (laughs) – hey, you haven't heard them yet, man. It's another tour, I swear to God, isn't it? It's another (laughs) – It's not another tour, I swear. So this is the Barry Jim's podcast. Uh, a, few, a few episodes in now, we got our two guests, literary experts. Uh, both have multiple PhDs. I think Connor over here has seven or eight, all from the University of Wisconsin. In- yeah, I'm working on uh, working on number nine. We're right on number now. nine. Working on number nine. See, but, that yeah, one's actually come from the University of Phoenix, though. He wanted to spice yeah, it up yeah. a little bit, a little, yeah. little quicker. I wanted to take it to the next level. Yeah, and then of course we also got. Our other guest, uh, Seth, who I think is working on his only only his third PhD in literature, but I mean, yeah, it's still, I I got into more places, but they told me I needed to open up spots for other people, so I thought three was uh, enough. It's that's that, that's very that's very uh, kind of you to the <laughs> the other students. I couldn't agree more. I mean, he's kind basically a saint. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah, see. And of course, you got you got me, your narrator, Fancy Octopus, and our voice actor, Proper Gent. What's up? So, do you guys like stories? Right? I mean, of course, you guys do. You're on the you're on the podcast. I mean, he, they, they don't like our stories. stories. He has, they don't like our <laughs> stories. Big it out. Beggars hey, can't I like stories. <laughs> <laughs> How unique! Uh, but we got some stories today. Um, so this is a, an author that probably both of you have heard of. I don't know if you've read one of their stories directly yet, but Wasp Sting is the author of the first story we're going to do. Uh, it's on fictionpress.com. Uh, of course, Proper Gents heard of Wasp Sting. Of course. Uh, Twice. Seth, this is our know? third piece. Yeah, third piece from Wasp Sting. Uh, Seth, did, have you listened to one of their stories yet? I can't remember. I think I remember talking to you about one of them that he made, but what, what, what have y'all read from him so far? Uh, Hypocrisy Hunter and Love to Eat. Okay, that's the one. I know about Hypocrisy Hunter. Uh, I don't think I've listened to him yet, but I know who this guy is. So Okay. Uh, Connor, I'm assuming you just... I have yet to be exposed to the literary genius of Wasting. Well, well, let's get exposed. So uh, I'll go over his bio again. This is the third time we're doing it, so I'm going to go a little fast. Um, his name is Wasting. Used to be called Honeybee Twelve. He got a little edgier. He can sting people without dying now that he's a wasp instead of a honeybee. Uh, he likes reading and writing stories, and writing funny stories helps restore his slowly dying faith in humanity. Or maybe he's not a he. I don't know. Maybe it's, it, I don't have their gender. Um, and he loves stories about revenge, and uh, that's what we're gonna be reading today. Is a story about revenge, 
his his great short story called Math's Homework. So, if you all are ready. Willow Jerome clutched the sheaf of paper close to her chest as she walked the perilous corridors of Crown Secondary. Nothing was sacred in the treacherous corridor corridors dubbed the Death Walk by students and teachers alike. Shuddering, she walked faster in an oh attempt God. to escape. <laughs> the yeah, teachers are calling it the death walk. It's like, oh my god, kids, you're going down the death walk, you'll never return. Oh, shit. <laughs> it's not a great situation when the teachers are saying the school is too dangerous. Or they're <laughs> this... calling it the death walk. So, shuddering, she walked faster in an attempt to escape the cold stretch of land she found herself in. But the telltale crackling made her heart sink. She'd been caught with her precious cargo, too. The savage pack grinned and crackled, but then a hush fell over the group. It was their leader, Haley Richardson, come to take the spoils of her latest conquest. All right, Haley Richardson. If we were to guess, you know, you think this is a bigger, a bigger woman? No, I think she's a, I think she's a like a prep, like a like a cheerleader type. <clears throat> you know? Okay. Yeah, that seems about right. Maybe on like the shorter, but definitely the skinnier side of things. Gotcha. Probably, probably blonde. Probably wears her Probably blind. Outfit. Okay, okay, we got this. Wears her cheerleading outfit to school even when there's no pep rally. <clears throat> Finally, you found her! She exclaimed, aiming a satisfied smirk in the direction of her followers before eyeing Willow up hungrily. Striding away from her pack, she forced Willow up against the wall and said, Hand it over, loser. Uh, what? Willow choked out. You know what I mean. Hand it over. Haley allowed Willow to breathe a little easier, but that was only so she could hold out her hand expectantly, waiting for the worksheet she needed. She needed to have that maths homework, or she'd be put into detention. The great Haley Richardson couldn't have her reputation tainted with sanctions as lowly as detentions, could she? Wait, so is Willow doing the homework, or is this just... Like she's really into math homework. <laughs> I think Willow's doing her own homework and then Haley's stealing it. Yeah. Oh, she's... and then copying the answers. Is Willow a I, no, female name or a boy name? It. Her full name is Willow Jerome. Okay. I Willow don't... is the name Close. of the tree. It's not a person name. <laughs> but I'm saying Close. is that Close female or a male? Person. I don't it, think it, it's a, it's a girl. In the story, at least. Okay. I, close I mean, to her chest. I mean, haven't you ever heard of Willow Smith? You know, look, I hair? I heard of Lil Willow. <laughs> <laughs> he was a great rapper. <laughs> Check him out yeah. on SoundCloud. Uh, here you go. <laughs> Willow sighed, letting Haley have the worksheet she slaved over for a solid week. How could Haley be allowed to get away with this? She barely listened to the criticism of her favorite skirt or the cruel insert about her waistline that would normally have her crying in the toilet cubicles as one thought clouded her mind. Payback. Wow, so I guess this is a, a recurring thing. Yeah, Wasp Sting is a big uh, payback person. Okay, I like it. You know, they have, they have, a, they have, a, they have some, some gumption. You know, they're willing to tell it how it is. I can tell it how it is, and, you know, I think that, you know, this is a terrible situation for Lil Willow. Yeah, did you get your homework stolen? That sucks. That sucks. Well, that honestly just beat me up at that point. Well, let me, I mean, what is the time, you know, basically, like, the setting of this and the time frame? Because I feel like, you know, with everything these days, 
it, oh, even the teachers calling the place the hall of death. I, I, aren't bullies like sent to alternative schools or like charged with criminal charges? Like, <laughs> yeah, they I, would not stand for this, you know? Well, <laughs> like, this is the problem with Wasting is that like he's acting like the bullying epidemic is like the 1980s, where like you literally got, you know, like, like underwear yeah, like, on a flag post, you know, grabbed. Uh, it's like, do you know people go context. to jail for kind of stuff like this? For context, this is November 12th, 2018, is when this was published. A day after Veterans Day, and she's stealing her math homework? So disrespectful. <laughs> respect like she, the troops. Respect oh. the troops. <laughs> well, you know, okay, I guess so it's the glory days of bullying. All right, I can get behind that. Okay. I can't believe you got out of a detention with Miss Ferguson. Isn't she the strictest teacher in the school? Violet Reynolds, Willow's best friend, protested as she sat down to eat lunch. Violet was a short, slightly chubby teenager with mousy blonde hair and blue eyes that looked slightly larger thanks to the thick glasses she wore. This was a stark contrast to Willow's tall, thin figure that lived up to her name. High cheekbones with fire red hair and green eyes that had her relatives talking about her being an Irish beauty. Okay, so she's a redhead, so she's going to go nuts at some point in this story. (laughs) (laughs) The crazy is inevitable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Eventually, she's gonna slash the tires of her bully's car, and you know, just start writing weird notes on her front doorstep. Just watch for it. Betting now. <laughs> well, what can I say? This is only a one-off, and she gave me an extension so I could redo it. Willow coolly bragged. I like to point out she's bragging about someone stealing her homework, and her able to cover up the tracks. Of weird having place. my homework stolen. Instead <laughs> like of like, place. hey, this bitch over here stole my homework. She's like, I was able to get out of detention without turning them in. I ain't a snitch. <laughs> because I would get a swirly if that happens. Uh, right? Yeah, probably. Uh, but, but, but you wouldn't have to redo it if Haley hadn't stolen it. Violet grumbled. Willow, Lil, sorry, Lil Willow, why haven't you reported her to Miss <laughs> Ferguson? I've tried that before, and the only one who got, who, sorry, <clears throat> oh my goodness, and the only one who go into trouble was me. <laughs> Willow told her. Haley cried and said that I'd been harassing her for months, and the teacher told her about it. I had to write a letter of apology, and it was so embarrassing. she do that? Violet shrieked loudly. A table of students next to her turned around, confused and startled. Violet blushed. Sorry, I didn't mean to be so loud. They shrugged and continued to eat. But you should seriously get her to stop. You don't want her to keep getting away with this, do you? Of course I don't. Willow smiled, her sharp little brain already forming a plan. But that's all going to change soon. You'll see. Okay, so this is, you know, it's amping up, you know. Got a little turn there. What are you doing with that knife, Willow? (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. There's a lot of, like, open options for this, but I just know it's going to go down one of the crazy routes. Like, you could just not Uh do the math homework correctly. You could just put wrong Give her enough. Oh, that'd be so funny great idea I mean, right like so so simple but i can assure you we're gonna go way past that murder 
<laughs> what you think Wasp Sting is a little overkill here? I think he's always overkill. <laughs> Anyone that names the story Hypocrisy Hunter, yeah. Like, literally the Hypocrisy Hunter. Like, one of the stories, like, the girl is just annoyed with the girl because of her grandma clothes. It just starts wailing on her. Just, like, punching her until she gets double black eyes. Because she's just so disgusted with her skinny arms and her grandma clothes. I mean, times are rough in high school in 2018, man. I know. Yes. 2018, you know, I could say this without a doubt. 2018 is the hardest kids I've ever had to go through high school. <laughs> They are not coddled whatsoever. Nope. <laughs> I won't do it! You can't make me do this, little Willow! The voice of a young boy cried out. He sounded on the verge of tears. Come on, kiddo. It won't take long, and I'll make sure nobody knows that you were involved. Willow soothed. I don't want to do it! The voice cried. <laughs> don't is, worry. Don't worry. Is this other kid in first grade? I don't know. It hasn't I, said yet. Uh, hang no, on. That was just based on his voice portrayal. Of <laughs> the other kid. I mean, the, the voice cried. He sounds like a little bitch. I mean, that's what I do here. I, you know, I make inferences. <laughs> don't worry about it, Oak. Oh my god. Hang on. Her name is Willow, and there's a kid named Oak now? <laughs> Screw you, Wasting. I hate you. You're the well, Wasting is getting clever with these names. Uh, there's some tree symbolism happening here. Yeah, I was about to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. We don't know where this is going. This could be some really deep <laughs> stuff si going on. Some some really deep motifs that are related to this story. So hold, hold your, your critical horses, okay? <laughs> like, I think this could be a strong... Statement about the way we treat trees in the environment. You know, Willow's bullied. Willow's then bullying Oak. The trees have no escape. They should have, they should have named uh, the bully uh, Exxon or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> Just really get the point home. Logger. Logger. <laughs> uh, capitalist. Anyways, <laughs> don't, don't worry about it, Oak. None of the girls at preschool are going to know that you've used pink and purple coloring pencils. Willow Reason, trying her best to calm down her helplessly embarrassed five-year-old brother. Well, there we go. He isn't <laughs> You're welcome. You nailed it, Matt. <laughs> I didn't know that when I read this. I'm reading this just like you guys, you know, like I'm reading it a line at a time. I'm just really good at planning ahead, apparently. So you're like that fortune you don't have cookie. Psychic powers, honestly. I might be a wizard. Yeah, well, you're definitely a, a wizard. I know that. I just don't want to touch girl germs. Oak told her. I don't want to become a girl. I like being a boy. <laughs> Project Willow needs her brother to do something. Contradiction. Oak doesn't want to be a girl, so he refuses. This is some next level screenwriting here. Uh, the uh, these aren't mine, Oak. They belong to you. Willow reminded him. When you got that set of coloring pencils from Mum and Dad, there was a pink one and a purple one. There aren't any girl germs on them. I promise. They've just never been used before. Oak considered this and made his decision. 
I'll do it, even though I really don't like pink because it's a girly color. But remember, I still haven't given you a price. The only way this will be done is if you get me my favorite cookies when it's over as payment. And you have to let me stay up an hour past my bedtime. Da -da. Deal. Brother and sister shook hands, a small show of sibling love between the two. That handshake was swiftly ended when Hoke shooed Willow out of the room, yelling, What are you still doing here? I need some space for this! Laughing, Willow raced upstairs to do her homework. Now Oak had all done phase one. For her, it was only fair that she was the one who completed phase two. Is it just me, or does it sound like he's gonna jerk off? I think no. that might be just you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I mean, think, I think I'm a little intrigued, honestly. I mean, what can her five-year-old brother do with pencils? She, with pencils that she cannot, and yeah, okay. That's the great thing. What is what is so necessary about him using the pencils when she she could just use the pencils? Like, I mean, it's interesting. There must be something special about this boy. I'm intrigued. Or or why on earth does he? She need, why does the boy need to shoo the girl out of the room? That's all I'm saying. Like, well, he needs his space. <laughs> for no, no, I don't yes. care what explanation there is here. There is no reason why he would be that weird about it. Maybe like he's drawing. He's like doing some drawings of like some really detailed penises. You know, because <laughs> like because he's oh you know, and, and him jerking off are. was weird. <laughs> well i'm trying to i'm trying to put it together you know with like with like the art skills and maybe something that he's probably more familiar with you know like time. uh like the super bad the, the high like, school girl like, is like i'm sorry i've seen a lot more penises in my experience than you have <laughs> i know you'll just mess it up with your insight <laughs> that day Haley decided to step up her game and with her homework extortion ring you know the drill, loser. Give me the goods. Haley's bony elbow slammed into her stomach over and over as her gang of wannabe elites cackled and cheered. So now she's physically assaulting her. She's elbowing kids in the stomach until and they give up their homework. I just this imagine is... like a teacher like wearing a tie with a coffee mug. He's like, oh, that bitch went down death's row. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she should have stayed on the second floor if she didn't want this to happen. Flippin' yeah, idiot. Like, she's so caught up on getting sent to detention, but she's just down to wail on people in public. Like, that doesn't mess up her record? Yeah, I mean, no yeah. one's willing to say a single thing to anybody about it to stop it. There's a whole gang of girls beating the crap out of everybody. Oh, you know, uh, physical assault in our school, we don't really take that as a priority, but if a mother flipper doesn't turn in their homework, I will see them in detention, mister. <laughs> Yeah, I I just want to know where Wasping went to high school because like I mean I, I'm assuming I, England because he's calling it maths and maybe, also he said mum. Maybe that's just in England. Maybe we don't know the culture and maybe like tur not turning in your homework is way worse than like physically assaulting people there. Uh, I think I feel like maybe they never went to high school because I feel like their depiction of high school is collected solely from the media, like solely from film. They just watch Kindergarten what they, Cop what on repeat. What if they repeat? went to high school in, like, the 70s or something? Like, what if, like, we're highly underestimating Wasting's age? And so, like, when they were, they were, like, in the high school of, like, the 60s, 
and shit like this happened. <laughs> uh, school, I just imagine it's gotten way worse because I remember when I was there, they used to put cigarettes on your on your body and rub them out, you know, just so you could cry a little. Well, no, that's just how you ask a girl to win her formal. You you put a cigarette out on her hand and she goes, oh my God. You didn't ask. You just said, you're going with me. <laughs> You put I, a cigarette out on her? I'm marked you. <laughs> you are claimed by by my clan. What? Is it my? Yeah, yeah. Where'd you put it? Wait. I mean, you already said it, so, you know. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, I'll get it for you. Willow stammered. Her hair is burning as the snickers of Haley gang flooded her ears. She fished <laughs> through her trusty, ridiculous, oversized, camping-style backpack to miraculously find the maths homework folded in half. Here, take it. Pleasure doing business with you. Purr. Haley purred before oh, looking. <laughs> <laughs> that's when we tell you they're all cats. No, we don't know that yet. It's not impossible, though. It's still very it's, possible. There's catnip in the homework. <laughs> before looking back at her business partner to deal her a blow that went far below the belt. Usually my business partners have a face I wouldn't mind looking at, but I guess you'll do. Burn. Damn, Damn boy, that was that was some hot. Ah, uh, someone's gotta get some ice on that. Oh, I feel the burn. And with that, Haley and her gang of homework pirates walked off, leaving Willow to pick up the <laughs> to pick up Arr! the we, we have ourselves another eighth grader. <laughs> How they would the teachers us, not Haley has an eye patch. <laughs> Once Willow was done with her act, she wiped away the fake tears and smiled. The handoff had gone perfectly. Without a second or first glance at the goods, she wouldn't be waiting for a re- long for a reaction. They had maths lesson first. Now that the lesson's over, please hold your homework up so I can collect it. Miss Ferguson, the world's strictest math teacher, droned. Obediently. <laughs> the strictest. <laughs> the strictest. I'm in college, okay? Like, that's the most amazing idea ever. I don't know. Did y'all ever have Mrs. Johnson where every homework was just like, put your hand on your, uh, on your chin if you did your homework? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that was, that was amazing. Put your hand what on your belly. What class was that for? <laughs> AP chemistry. Yeah. No, I didn't do that. That was, was too awesome. stupid. I didn't learn anything. It was great. Good year. <laughs> Miss Ferguson, the world's strictest math teacher, droned. Obediently, the class held up their homework sheets for the middle-aged maths teacher, and Willow heard snickering coming from behind her. When she turned around, Haley's grinning face was nose-to-nose with hers. Thanks, loser. (laughs) Haley cackled. This? She waved the A4 homework sheet, still folded in half, in Willow's face to make her point is what's going to keep me out of trouble for another week. Just so you know, you did a good job. The coven of witches behind the queen bee cackled even more at her insults. Hope I didn't ruin girls' night for you ladies. Miss Ferguson's curt voice echoed as other students nervously giggled. But you wouldn't mind handing in your homework, would you? This poor teacher is not going to make it to the back of the room. She's just going to collapse. <laughs> of course. Haley cooed, shoving Willow out of the way so she could give in her perfect homework. I hope all the answers are right. 
Of course they are, she thought. Wimpy Willow always gets some of the best marks. That's why I always take her homework. Miss Ferguson paused for a moment to scan the homework in front of her as she normally did. Instead of the happy smile she would have when looking at the homework Haley would give, there was a look of utter confusion. Haley! I'm not seeing any math homework on this. What? Haley squeaked. The smug... So many words for for saying stuff. The smug <laughs> smile on her face dropped away. You heard me, you stupid bitch. There's no math homework on this. <laughs> Believe it or I not, that was an ad lib. She's the best, dude. <laughs> All there is are drawings of pink butterflies and the words, I love unicorns and... Fairies are cool written all over it. Miss Ferguson told her. Haley's jaw dropped as the rest of the class burst out laughing. Ha 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 ha! That's hilarious! What the? Let me see that! Haley shrieked, grabbing the sheet of paper back from the teacher to see for herself. Her eyes were met with a blinding barrage of baby pink and lilac with the childish motifs of I love unicorns and fairies are cool, decorating parts of the paper that had no maths questions. Pink butterflies, just as her teacher described, adorned the start and finish of every question. The alpha bully's cheeks flushed red with indignation and lashed out at her supplier. I just want to say, before we say the answer to this, this is what I would do in her situation. <laughs> oh, crap. I left it at home. I'm so sorry. This was like an art project I was like working on. It's kind of, you know, I folded it up, did the same thing. Totally my bad. I'll get to, to you tomorrow. That, that would be a smart thing to do. This was an easy, um, uh, easily foiled plan in my in my view, right? Uh, but here's what actually happened. I can explain this, Miss Ferguson. I took this from Willow, who must have drawn this all herself. <laughs> this is actually her homework, not mine. I didn't do any of this. I swear it. I just want to say. You're a Ad- stupid <laughs> Admitting that you stole your homework from somebody, not a great move. How on earth do you think, th- what do you think is because she's going to be like, oh, oh, this is okay, your homework. Well, okay, well, you know, well, you know, I'll forgive it then. Well, in this school, obviously no rules are more important than just having <laughs> yeah. your, correct, your homework correct and in on time. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's- I beat the shit out kid, but do you have your math homework in? <laughs> yes? Oh, you're fine. Don't worry about it, you know? Don't be sweating over the small stuff like physical assault. <laughs> nice tr- oh. <clears throat> Nice try, Haley. Miss Ferguson snapped. I got Willow's homework two days ago. However... You did say that you took this from her. Willow. My heart. Uh, Is it true that you drew this? I didn't draw that, miss. Willow denied. I swear on my dead grandmother's grave that I did it. Several students gasped. No one would swear on their grandparents' grave. They didn't mean it. Oh, Except for it. apparently Willow. She's fine with doing that. She, Oh, she didn't draw it. That's right? part of the plan. So that she could swear on her grandmother's grave. That she and didn't her draw gra- And her grandmother would not be damned for eternity now. Do you think about, yeah. like, how she's, like, 
she's she's besting her enemy in such a way she's like i'm gonna best you i'm gonna get you but you can't take my integrity away from me <laughs> think about how deep that is it's like some that's like when batman like goes through the, like when they go through long lengths in the hulk comics to assure you that bruce banner did the calculations in his head to make sure that building didn't kill anybody or whatever yeah exactly well it's actually I, i'm getting that from like daredevil at the end like whenever kingpin he's about to go kingpin but he doesn't because oh. he's like you can't take that dude this chick this is, is daredevil level integrity and morality <laughs> i know you guys are underestimated <laughs> you know lost thing here and not all heroes wear capes yeah not all heroes wear capes uh uh all right i believe you miss ferguson replied before turning on Haley, who had truly painted herself into a corner i'll need to see you in my office once class ends everyone else you are free to leave the class ended with lots of people openly laughing at Haley for admitting to something like stealing homework while congratulating Willow on beating the school bully at her own game. You were joking when you said that it was all going to change soon. Violet squealed. Nice one! I, I'm, I'm just going to say this right now. I don't think this changes anything. Because um, Willow says she didn't draw it, right? So... Haley steals her homework, thanks to admits to stealing her homework to try and get Willow in trouble for drawing the thing. Willow doesn't draw it, so Haley gets in trouble for not for stealing homework, but for because she couldn't have stolen the homework because she Willow. I don't know. I'm confused. <laughs> like I you guys, and I don't also kind of specified that it wasn't hers. So like, as far as the teacher's concerned, she didn't steal the homework. I think. Yeah, but she gets in trouble for turning in a. The wrong piece of paper? No, it, it, I think it was the right piece of paper. It was just covered in, like, butterflies no. and stuff. Oh, no, there at this wasn't. school, at school, this school, that means you're going to get, like, you know... You're going to get killed. You're, they're going to fucking kill you if you turn in your homework with nonsense That's on a, it. That's a death sentence right there. <laughs> Considering how this school works. Haley was never seen again. <laughs> and the best part is, the teacher believed me. Willow answered... Violet stared at her aghast. I can't believe you swore that you didn't write that on your dead grandmother's grave. Violet yelped. I didn't write it. Oak did. <laughs> Willow answered. Miss Ferguson asked me if I drew that. She never thought to ask me about my little brother she probably didn't know about. Meaning my oath is perfectly valid. This has been God, an incredibly dude. wholesome story. Yeah, that's all I can say. I was, yeah, with with all of the precursors, I was expecting just a really dark, a turn. real raunchy and story. Yeah, but no, I'm, I'm a little refreshed. Yeah, it's kind of nice, right? It's a nice, yeah. wholesome story. God, you're such a fucking. I mean, nice one. <laughs> Violet grin. So, how much trouble will Haley the horrible be in? You have no idea. They're Will- going to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> Willow grinned. The next day, there was a large crowd of people around Haley's, as usual, but not the loyal but spineless followers that usually stick around. Instead, the queen was g- bee was greeted by a massive jeering, mocking, cheering students that all had at least one bone to pick with the crown secondary school social elitist. Nice sign, Haley. One girl jeered. 
That must be designer. Only the best for her, after all. An older boy joked. The, only, the writing on it is really clear, too. I can see exactly what it says. I steal homework. Wait, what? <laughs> but she, she didn't. Or, but she did. But they didn't. The plan what? is the plan is working. <laughs> Good thing they used a black marker pen so it shows up. Shut up! This is all because of my stupid parents anyway. Haley roared, turning around to scream at the jeering mob, but spying Willow instead. You! You told the teacher that I stole from you, you bloated piece of... Stop right there! Rilla roared, silencing the <laughs> crowd. You told Miss Ferguson that you stole my homework, thinking that it would get me into trouble. You literally said, I didn't do any of this, I swear it. And somehow, I'm supposed to be in trouble? Grow up, you big baby! The mob cheered and carried Willow through the school, chanting her name so loudly no one would ever forget. Willow! 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 Alright, so many questions. First off... And that's the end. That's the end. She, Wait, she, we, we have one question before. This is asked by Wasting at the end of the story. So what do you think? Nobody should allow to get away with bullying or extortion, no matter how old they are. Uh, bullying, uh, you know, no, but extortion, you should get away with that once you turn 18. <laughs> like, the second you turn to 18, you could do a racketeering and extortion whenever you want. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, we'll just judge it on a case-by-case basis. So, I'm a little confused here because, so I know that we had mentioned uh, Wasp Singh's age earlier because of their connection with schooling. Uh, but then part of me was like, oh, well, would they really, like, write a fiction and throw it up on, like, a fanfic website, you know? But then also this whole moral spin here at the end. Like, what do you think? Like, he's got, like, an agenda? I'm like, okay, this person's old. Yeah, this person's got to yeah. be old, right? <laughs> what do you think? Do you think bullying should be criminalized and they should be killed if they, you know, don't complete their homework? <laughs> Let us know in the comments below. I went to a school where they whip us. How about you? <laughs> Did yeah. you have a death death row in your high school? So I gotta say, with Wasting, I'm I'm enjoying their their content. I mean, every story we've done's been pretty good. I mean, high ratings. I think when it comes down to, you know, usage and grammar and just like you know mixing up the verbiage as well. Um, I mean, pretty pretty high quality writing. Honestly, like the the story that was trying to be told was told well. However, I just feel like it's the plot of like a, you know, a preteen sitcom. Yeah. You know, if even like kind of like an like iCarly, yeah, like an iCarly or something even even younger than that maybe. Dude, this would be a great iCarly episode. Yeah. Like Sam has to Sam does this to Gibby, so Gibby writes I love spaghetti tacos on a mm. I'm going to say, like, the message is there, but as far as creativity goes, I'm just going to have to rank it as uninspired. Okay, so how many how many out of Harry Potter's would you give that? Man, I'm going to give it three and a half Harry Potter's out of five. Okay. Uh, just because the quality was there, but like I said, you know, I just, just came straight out of the can. Okay. I, I got to agree there. Like, it is well written. There's very few typos. For this genre, 
Um, I think it's a solid piece. Uh, I've, I've liked all the other stuff that we've done by them. So I have to go agree. This is three out of five, maybe two and a half, but I'd say I'll go with three. Give them a little credit. But it's just, it's just, yeah, the story itself is kind of unoriginal. Or not, it's unoriginal. It's just not much, you know. I guess it's a little, yeah. See, part of me wants to say anticlimactic, but that's not true. <laughs> it's very climactic. It was very climactic, so I can't say that. It had story structure and everything, so. Mm. How about you, uh, proper gent? Here's my thought process two out of five. Got it? Okay, that's that was a long thought process. Um, uh, Seth, how about you? Yeah, so especially compared to the other stuff that we've read, because so many of these get like a good idea and then just like seven thousand words of stuff that doesn't line up. <laughs> this story was like it it had a start, a middle, and an end. Yeah, it wasn't the most original, but I'm not gonna discredit him for it. I'm gonna give him a four out of five Harry Potters, and it would have been a five star, but I really wanted. Like one of the parents to be named Maple or something to just blow this tree thing out of the water. That that tree uh, thing would have been that so is, good. Yeah, that's the one thing that I don't have. But especially compared to most of the things we see on these fan fiction websites, phenomenal. I thought it was great actually. Now, on a more serious note, do you think that uh, Oak's gonna be a Pokemon professor? I hope Ooh. so. Yeah, I, please. Oh, Fingers crossed, man. <laughs> I. I so that leaves us with well that's like two plus two threes and a four so we, we averaged a three roughly so i mean not bad not bad Wasting, we uh we'll keep you keep making stuff i i promise you i'll take a look at it <laughs> like and you know if anyone else wants to read more of wasping uh fictionpress.com wasping or instead of an i to one so yeah well we're gonna have to take a quick break before we get into our next story so uh here's a word from our sponsors Have you ever wondered why jars are a thing? Or maybe cups? Or the basic ideas that run our society now. The basic objects such as knives, computer mouses, CDs. How do these things come into existence? Well, I have a big bombshell. I have no idea. And unless you do some research, you're not going to find out. So... Good luck, I guess. I mean, Kryptonite, that song was fucking stupid at the concept level. If I go crazy, then will you still call me Superman? It's like, what is that even? What? If I'm alive, then well, will you be there holding my hand? That doesn't make sense either. Like, if I'm alive and well, will you be holding my... What? As opposed to you being sick? That's like the best case scenario of like, oh, I'm alive and well. Oh, so, so you will be next to like... Imagine having a person who will only be with you if you're really fucking sick. sick. Like, yeah. on, on your worst days. <laughs> I know I'm the one, like, the odd one out on this, but, like, Three Doors Down was just, like, always the worst to me. They are my Nickelback. Like, they were just, oh, like, I they actually... Were I actually they're worse than Nickelback? I like Nickelback. I mean, I... 
<laughs> I do. No, they made some good songs. Proper, proper gin is okay. Get, listen, I know everybody rocks. likes to hate on Nickelback, but I mean they didn't become like one of the top selling rock bands of the two thousands for sucking. Okay, <laughs> but you know they rode their fame wave a little too far to the sun because people started turning, and I guess they didn't get the message. Should they, had should they have fished after their Dark Horse album? Absolutely. The year was 2009. <laughs> you can't go into the tens, Nickelback. <laughs> I mean, they tried to, and they got rocks thrown at them when they were the headliner <laughs> after like, playing like two songs. The second that you make a song about how a girl looks good enough to get blowjobs, like that, that, that's when you're done, Nickelback. Like That's when you know, you know you're at the end of the rope. You don't keep going. Okay, but since when are rock stars not allowed to be douchebags? Yeah, but they were a lot more coy about it. So I'll give you an example. So the song I'm referring to is literally called in the Dark Horse album. It's called Something in Your Mouth. I've heard the song. So it's under the lid. Like that's not like you know, like you know, a lot of those rock songs. It's like loving, sweet, you know, squeeze. You know, it's like you know, coy. Like this one, it's like Nickelback's like, I love it when you have something in your mouth. You might it's be like, talking about cigarettes. Yeah, what about a toothpick? <laughs> she was a stripper, or an, or an old timey uh, strand of hay. The whole point is her on a stripper pole. I mean, I it's not it's not the cigarette that you yell. Well, you know, I've been thinking recently about some things like strippers, and I've been thinking about it. And you know, something it, won't be going into your mouth today because we don't produce things like that. We produce audio, which goes into <laughs> your ears. And this is the Barry Jim's podcast. We're back from our break. What just happened? Um, Beautiful segue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think we just endorsed Nickelback. I think, I think, I think that's we what. Did. I mean, we can was go like back. The, so... thinking about strippers just an aside. Like <laughs> I, I think about them all the time. <laughs> I just thought. Okay, I thought of a would you rather. Would you be willing to be okay? Would you rather not be Nickelback? but you will never achieve their level of status they achieved in the mid-2000s, or be Nickelback, but you have to live being Nickelback, like including the post-2010 part. Uh, I'm not being Nickelback right now, and I'm not their level of success right now, and I'm pretty satisfied not being Chad Kroger. Like, first of all, I have to be Canadian? No, thank you. I mean, I'll go out and say, like, I mean, you know, if we just get to be Nickelback, I'd do it, man. That dude's laughing in the bank all day. Like, can't be dude, that yeah, bad. He, he is laughing, and dude, if you still wanted to play music, just like host concerts for like the Nickelback fan club. Just like invite them only. That's not a bad point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the the points differentiate. This is how we play the game. There are points. <laughs> we are a competitive bunch. But yeah. Um. Okay, yeah, so now we are on the Barry Jibs Podcast, back from our great sponsors, Break, you know, we, we sponsor some great things on this show, and uh, we're back with our guest, uh, multiple PhD holder uh, Connor over here, he's an expert in German, uh, German-Polish literature, written between the years of 1955 and 1956. Only on their English translations, I know neither, <laughs> I do not know German nor Polish, actually. Of course. Uh, that, I mean, what, what, this is, this is academia. We don't need to go into the cultures, but, and then we also, we have our up and coming expert, only three PhDs, almost all specifically into Northern European 
American style gothic humor. Yeah. The Zephyr. Uh, the first two degrees were actually just based on one guy. So uh, okay, good. You really know that guy though, right? I I like the back of my hand. I know him better than he knows himself, dude. <laughs> What's his name? Uh Gregory Zabrovich. <laughs> that was a really confident answer for someone you've done two PhDs on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh that that's how you say it in his native oh, language. Oh, you just so, say it really slow like you don't know what it is. So it so it's correctly pronounced. It wouldn't be Gregory Zabrovich. It's Gregory Zamber bitch. Maybe even a little slower, but you're getting there. Okay. Yeah, you, it obviously takes like a lot of practice. Yeah. Okay. So it. okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to throw shade that wasn't earned. But yeah, so yeah, we're seriously. here reading some stories. I'm calling Kangaroo Court out here. All right, I came on to be a guest. I'm calling Kangaroo Jack. Did anyone know that uh, Nickelback's newest album is their highest rated one? No. Like critically, is the what most if- critically acclaimed one. So it got like two stars. It 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 got fifty four <laughs> out of a hundred on Metacritic. So that's, it got. Oh a, that's a that's a <laughs> low high bound Nickelback. I feel. What bad are the for other you. albums at? Like, uh, give me give me an album that. So you guys remember the album All the Right Reasons that, that Animals that was, and Rockstar and Saving Me. Yeah, that's me. the one I listened that to. Got, that got a forty one out of one hundred on Metacritic. She's riding in the seat. Rolling Stone. The New York Times said, and I quote, this is the most disgusting piece of trash I have listened to this year. Ha- half star. <laughs> oh my god. Rolling I Stone said, I have nothing positive to say about this album, but I have nothing overly uh, critical. I guess the biggest positive is that it didn't make me extremely angry when I stopped listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> two out of five stars alright and so then you have Dark Horse which had a 49 out of 100 on Metacritic which had a 1 out of 5 on The Guardian and a uh, uh, another this one uh, by The Rolling Stone actually got a 4 out of 5 on The Rolling Stone so okay. you know well uh, we can we can talk Nickelback philosophy all day but we should probably move on to our next story it's um uh it's by an author on uh, Archive of Our Own, you know, classic site. Uh, the author's name is Himawari Dreams. Uh, that's H-I-M-A-W-A-R-I, Dreams, all one word. Uh, they live in Sunflower Dreams, and they joined in 2016. Um, their bio, let's talk about it. It's a, I, I don't know if it's just Italian or something. Uh, it starts with Visarelio. I don't know what that means. Uh, how do you do? Uh, she has her first name here. Uh, I don't know if that's a, it's a he or she, but uh, they're nineteen. They're a cancer. Not okay. They're not cancer. They are a cancer. Don't don't take that out of context. wow. They're a cancer, man. I mean, I have low self esteem, but even that, it's like wow. We do they are say you're oh, well, well, cancer. She, they're she just has cancer. I mean, Let's rip her to shreds. <laughs> well, I mean, if she's a cancer, I'm a Virgo, so I mean, I don't know. If, uh, I mean, I'm a cancer. Are gonna drive so well. this oh, is really? a five out of five. <laughs> Five out of five already. I'm a, I'm a Pisces, I mean, right. which I guess means I can breathe underwater. Um, <laughs> so I mean, I'm a crab. Tr- so they are trying to improve their riding skills. Uh, they're currently hyper fixated in the Fault series. I'm not sure what that is. And uh, if you're a newcomer, Rita Ritona X Rune is their lifeblood. So if uh, if if you try and ship Ritona with anybody other than Rune. 
well, you need to leave. <laughs> I mean, Himawari Dreams ain't having that shit. But yeah, so this is one of their first works. Oh, no, not their first. I mean, pretty popular work for hers. Published of uh, November of last year, uh, 2018. And it's called Welcome to Mick Milanios. Ratona sighed as she looked up at the building that loomed before her. Sorry. It was made purely of red brick, a red roof lazily laid haphazardly upon the structure of the building, and glass windows and doors to fit the bill. The most defining feature of this builder building, however, was the golden arch that graced the front of the building, standing with pride on the heated asphalt of the torrid summer afternoon. Despite the heat that seemed to beat down upon the trio in waves, Selfine was appeared as a full excitement and anticipation as when she first convinced Ratona and Rune to go with her to McDonald's. Rocking back and forth on the heels of her feet as she stared at the restaurant in a childlike fascination, the princess couldn't contain herself and finally decided to make her first comment since arriving here. Ratona, Rune, look at this huge golden arch thingy. Isn't it amazing? Selfine shouted, stars practically twinkling in her sapphire eyes. She rushed it over to the golden arch, clinging to one side with a huge smile on her face as she awaited her companion's responses. Rune giggled awkwardly as she walked over to join Selfine, both amused and slightly surprised by her friend's action. Well, well, Selly, this is certainly full of character, she observed, wrapping her arms around the opposite side of the arch to please her friend. Why are you two doing that? You're only going to succeed in burning your arms like that in this heat, Ratona said exasperatedly, stepping over to eye the metal of the golden arch that was probably absorbing a lot of heat from the weather around this area. Blinking in sudden realization, Selfine and Rune stared at each other for a split second in collective cognizance, before whipping their arms off the arch before their skin could be really melted off. Ow, 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 ow! I think I might have actually burnt my arms! Selfine sniffled. Looking down at the redness that was beginning to become evident on her, on her arms, Rune gasped and sped over to Selfine, taking her slightly swollen arms into your hand. Are you okay, Selly? These probably aren't the worst burns, but they do look like they could sting a lot. Laughing sheepishly, Selfine shook her head, shooing Rune's hands away. Ah, don't worry, Rune. I've burnt myself before a few times when I was a child by being a little too adventurous in Chef Millie's kitchen back home. Noticing that the conversation had begun to take somewhat of a somber tone, Ratona quickly opted to change the subject. <laughs> How did that get somber? Chef Millie, chef, I'm sure that's something to do with the chef. Oh, yeah. By the way, Rune, how come your arms aren't burnt like Selfine's? Do you not get burned since you're an automaton, or is it because of something else? Wait, mm. what? Coming out of left field with that one. <laughs> <laughs> Curveball. All right. Oh, no. I do get burnt like normal people. It just takes a lot for my skin to get to that state. So I think uh, I, I think it was, a, it was supposed to be a, a little jokey joke because that she's a robot, but I'm not sure she might actually be a robot. Um, I <laughs> Rune hope not. <laughs> Who's the terrible programmer that was like, "I'm still gonna make her get sunburns." <laughs> <laughs> Rune explained, smiling as she jokingly flexed one of her arms. I was built to be pretty sturdy, after all. Ratona chuckled, watching Rune's almost comical but impressive display of her physical strength and prowess. Selfine squinted at the two of them in the distance, a small pout beginning to form on her face. 
Hey guys, I know Rune's pretty awesome and all, but... <gasps> she took a deep breath, calming herself as a demeanor suddenly shifted into more of a serious one. We've been standing here for quite a while, and well, the heat is becoming really unbearable out here, and I'm... 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 Ritone... Ritona and Rune both asked in unison, metaphorical question marks appearing over their heads as they stared at their friend quizzically. Selfine continued to keep her demeanor while she stood firmly on the ground, telling the two with her body language that she wasn't messing around. They both gulped, wondering what sort of sudden revelation Selfine was going to drop upon them from their previous experiences with Selfine, though they were pretty sure what she was about to say. I'm hungry! Is that how it's Self. spelled in the story? Yes, it is. It's Jeez. Just... Okay. <laughs> All cap. <laughs> Selfine finally proclaimed her predictable outburst, her whole voice reverberating out from her petite frame as her statement startled the people mingling around the trio for a few seconds. I'm so startled. <laughs> Heaving a sigh of relief, Ratona and Rune belt felt, both felt the palpable tension from the moment previous lift from their body. Well then, everyone. Let's get moving, then, Rune declared cheerfully, swinging her arms and legs exaggeratedly as she reached for the door handle to the establishment. Grabbing onto the door handle and holding the door open for the royal guard and apprentice to pass through, Ritona and Selfine gingerly stepped into McDonald's, with Rune swiftly telling after them. Okay, is anybody else getting, like, a sort of kind of Japanese anime vibe from this at all? I don't Definitely. know, I guess maybe the, inc the inclusion of androids and also maybe the way you read the I'm Hungry. But I feel like I've seen so many animes where like that happens, where they're kind of in a group and one person yells and it kind of pauses. And everyone's like, <gasps> yeah, everyone's ah. like oh. yeah, oh. yeah, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's just like exchanging oh. emotions, you know, for a couple of seconds. Oh, like, oh. Oh. <laughs> I like how this is all like this is all happening at a McDonald's. Like this is like the big events that they're doing. I swear to God, if this becomes a tour of McDonald's. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm quitting Dude. this podcast. Yeah, we said it at the beginning of this, man. Don't do that to us. I promise it's not a tour of McDonald's. <laughs> as soon as the girls entered the building, a cool breeze blew gently on the group, instantly refreshing them from the fierce summer heat raging outside. Looking up, the trio could see an aquama aquamarine sigil placed upon the ceiling, exuding a cool current to change the temperature of the room to a more livable and inviting atmosphere. Raising an eyebrow, Rune glanced over at Selfine and Ratona, Obviously confused about how the sigil was doing that. Um, not to be a bother or anything, but what's that magical circle thing up there? Extending a finger to point up at the ceiling where the sigil was located, she brought the pair's attention to what would be a common occurrence in the inner pole, but not so much in the outer pole, where Rune used to reside. Ratona was the first to respond, gladly willing to help the baffled Rune out. Well, that's, uh, that's what we called a cooling sign in the inner pool room. Its main purpose is to bring the air of a building to a temperature that is more preferable than the temperature that's currently outside. We also have a heating sigil, too. But that's more for when the weather is chillier outside rather than hotter, though. Selfine interjected, helpfully, although her stomach rumbled immediately after she said that. Uh. Changing their... <laughs> <laughs> Just on the delivery there. Changing their focus, Ratona and Rune both looked at selfies with tiny smirks on their lips, clearly entertained in their own ways by her noisy stomach. Brr. Guys, I really 
think we should order food now. Selphine grumbled with a pout, dissatisfied by how long it was taking just for them to go up to the counter and order their meals. Right, let's go then, Selphine, said Ratona, making her way over to one of the shiny silver food counters where one could place an order. Rune followed suit and soon, and Selphine soon followed behind her, gazing inquisitively at all the amenities that were littered behind the food counter. There were racks where food wrappers, utensils, and actual food were strewn about, giving the restaurant a very messy, but albeit homey feel. Now, I'm just going to say, has a McDonald's ever felt homey to you guys? <sighs> no, but it was a pretty good description up to that point. Yeah, like I'd say it's a corporate mess is the best but, way I'd describe McDonald's. But this is the future, clearly. Uh, they have literally a cooling room. It's, the mag- it's either magical D&D or future. Either or way, both. they're still McDonald's. Or it's just Japan. <laughs> you got to check out that cooling side. <laughs> it's just a vent. <laughs> yeah. The an sigil a- of cooling. Yeah, an AC is just a an AC unit's now a cooling sigil. <laughs> they c- must have cast a cooling spell over this. Just rebranding it so people will pay more. Uh, uh, can you imagine if electricity was magic in Japan? It's like. Oh, someone is very good with thunder magic indeed to light up this house. <laughs> <laughs> Stepping up to the counter, Ratona planted her feet upon a glowing mana cravate sigil, which she then released their signature to allow all the information about McDonald's menu to flow directly into her mind. Selfie did the same, eyes lighting up as she became aware of all the delectable food that she had never tried before at this foreign restaurant. Rune fidgeted behind them, waiting for the two to reveal the items on the menu to her, since she couldn't release a mag- magnet where in, on earth is McDonald's foreign? <laughs> in, the, in, the, in, the inner, in the inner pole. What does that mean? It's the place they are. I'm not exactly sure <laughs> where the inner pole is, but this is the first I- McDonald's, I guess. I assume it's some type of setup like in um, Attack on Titan or something where there's like different, you know, areas of the city that are separated. Maybe, Rosa maybe it's Walmart. like Hollow Earth, you know, like they're inside the inside of the earth or something. That's why it's so hot. It's not a bad bet, actually. Hmm? Wow. They have quite a selection. Ratona murmured in unadulterated shock, considering the items that were projected into her mind. Selfie nodded in agreement, licking her lips in anticipation of all the tasty morsels she was about to experience. Ah! I can't wait, Ratona! Can I please order one of the... No. Ratona cut her off firmly, already knowing what she was about to ask. One could not easily forget the certain incident that happened at Ivil's. Even though the event was quite a while back, it was still stood fresh in her mind, reminding her that if she didn't put a stop to Selfie's extreme and indulgent habits now, she would be, be an undeniable and insatiable glutton by the time they returned home. This that wouldn't be a very ad- admirable trait for the future queen of Rugenzade. Oh, Rugzenhade. Rugzenhade. Is there a So is it German now? <laughs> I mean, why not? Why not? Yeah, yeah. I think that's fun. Uh, Rugs and Hade. I know it's not. Oh, <laughs> apparently it's an actual place. Maybe. I, I think this is a. Ah, it's the Rugs and Hade. <laughs> no, like from an no, from like an anime. Apparently, the anime is called Fault or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I think this is a Fault fanfic. I yeah, mean... there's a character named Selfine. Oh, is 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 Rune uh, an android? 
All I can what? say is to take a full story that's already happening and make a tangential storyline where they go to McDonald's was a little bit of a weird choice. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, I, think, I think there's some interesting conflict that's going to happen here. But Ritona! Selfie pouted once again, crossing her huh. arms stubbornly and furrowing her brow. She continued hmm. this for at least another 30 seconds before Ratona finally caved. All right, fine. You can order one of everything, as always. A giant grin spread across her face. Selfine pumped her fist into the air victoriously, more than ready to try all of the items on the McDonald's menu. Rune timidly approached the two of them, lingering behind them as she taped her finger, tapped her index finger together nervously. Uh, um, not to interrupt you guys or anything, but can you tell me what's on the menu? Selfin, being promptly pulled out of her unilateral victory celebration, turned to face room, still giddy from her self-proclaimed triumph. Uh, yeah, I can tell you, Rune. They've got all kinds of wonderful and yummy things like burgers, fries, chicken nuggets, and even smoothies. The princess continued to ramble off items on the menu, barely even stopping for a breath of air. Rune listed intently, clearly listened intently, clearly interested in all of the food and drinks that McDonald's was serving. They both appeared to be very absorbed in the discussion of fast food, animatedly trying to pick pick which items suited their palates the best. As for Rune, however, she was just choosing which item off the menu was the most nutrient-packed. Meanwhile, Ratona stood off to the side of the conversing pair, gloved hand brought up to her to up to up. Blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, Ratona stood off to the side of the conversing pair. Gloved hand brought up and thought of to her mouth as she mulled over what to order. Finally, she seemed to come to a decision and lightly rang a silver-plated bell resting on the counter. Coming. A chipper yet mature voice echoed from the back of the kitchen. A clattering of dishes and metal racks making a commotion from behind the counter. Be- one could hear the subtle squeaking of sneakers traversing across the brown tile floor, approaching the cash register with an air of laxness. They adjusted their signature McDonald's cap, brilliant crimson eyes play scru- playfully scrutinizing Ratona like she was yet another item on the menu to cook up. What? Ratona felt her shoulders automatically tense up, having to blink her eyes a few times to make sure she wasn't hallucinating or completely going crazy. Behind her, Selfie and Rune were carefree voices abruptly came to a standstill, sensing that something was majorly off. The atmosphere around them was extremely heavy, stirring with unspoken feelings of fear and tension. Ratona began to take a shaky breath, steadying her stance and focusing her eyes on the subject of their discontent. The subject in question, however, seemed unaffected by all of these apprehensive emotions circling within the room. They hummed a light-hearted tune, tapping their fingers along the buttons of the cash register nonchalantly, almost unnaturally reveling in the uncomfortable atmosphere. Rune instinctively moved in front of Selfine, shielding her protectively as she tentatively, access, tentatively accessed the situation, wondering what Ratona was going to do. Selfine brought her hands nervously up to her chest, standing as still as possible and watching Ratona and the person behind the cash register with unease. Tips of her fingers tingling with mana in preparation for a kavat, Ratona locked her eyes solemnly onto the person's own eyes behind the counter, readying herself for anything. What are you doing here? Ratona's voice dropped with malice, steeling herself to sound more threatening than the anxious tone that was trying to spill over her lips. Chuckling, they swept their black hair over their soldiers, staring at Ratona in amusement, yet also with a disenchanted disinterest. Oh, I'm not allowed to go wherever I please. I'm a person too, you know. Answer me. Ratona demanded, not having the patience to deal with their untimely jokes. They sighed. They sighed, shrugging their shoulders in defeat. Fine, fine. 
I'll tell you why I'm here then. From behind the multiple metal racks arranged in the kitchen emerged three individuals, all girls varying in age. Two, be, two appeared to be around their preteen years, and the latter appeared to be well into her young adult years. They all had an aura of mystery swirling around them, but to Ratona, Selfine, and Rune, they were enemies at the McDonald's. So, you know. Yes, to them, this group of seemingly innocent, well-meaning McDonald's employees were all subordinates of the notorious Milano, the one who behind the assault of Rusengate Rugs, can you do that, Connor? The rugs and hide that took so many lives numerous months ago. The tense atmosphere was no facade. These were the people responsible for slaughtering the rugs and hides inhabitants, <laughs> and also for the attempt on Prince Selfie's life on that dreadful and fra- fateful night. Clasping her hands together, Milano's subordinates all stood in a uniform line behind her, each folding their hands behind themselves in a businesslike manner. Each one of them wearing the McDonald's uniform, not a trace of their regular outfits left. They each examined the trio across the counter idly, as if lying in wait for what was going to happen next. Before I start with my incredibly boring and long-winded explanation, do you believe in the theory of multiple universes, Miss... Vasta, Milano inquired, twisting a strand of black hair around her index finger. Multiple universes. Ratona questioned, elongating the sentence purposely to signal her disbelief. If it was up to her, she wouldn't believe a single word that was uttered out of that woman's mouth. For all she knew, Milano could intentionally be playing with him, rambling off made-up facts from the top of her head simply for fun. However, something inside Ratona tempted her to believe Milano, since that one demonstration way back when in the outer pole. If she really was omnipotent, then... Cease. Dinner time. Mari interrupted, tugging on her sister's short-sleeved red shirt as she motioned with her other hand toward a stack of neatly wrapped hamburgers resting on the metal racks near the back of the kitchen. Averting her gaze from Ratona, Milano followed Mari's gesture to the racks, a smile forming upon her lips. Ah, yes, that's right. We haven't fed our guests yet, have we? What terrible manners we have. Sian laughed half-heartedly, mind seemingly off elsewhere as she glanced over at Selfine, who was still standing firmly behind Rune, a steadfast semblance swirling around her despite her situation right now. Rune continued to guard Selfine vigilantly, a fierceness in her eyes, although she was hopelessly confused about where the conversation was heading. So Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. I was about to point out that this has some conflict in it. This is something new that we're seeing in these stories. So how do you guys like in the conflict angle of the story? It's a little hard to follow Barely. this one. I think the other one was a little more straightforward. Like, we're still at the counter in the McDonald's. So could go a little bit quicker. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There was a there was an encounter in the nut job where it was with, like, a stupid hedgehog thing. So just because you have an encounter doesn't mean it's good. Yeah, I'm just glad uh, I'm. Uh, there's a lot of anticipation in our building for uh, a greater action, uh, for, for sure. I mean, Con- Connor, you could shit on you know material. You're just so positive all the time. You're like, I'm really excited uh, to be here, guys. I'm really, you know, I'm really positive. You know, uh, I think this is a work of literary genius uh, okay. here. And, you know, it's well, really listen, good. Like, well, somebody's got to be like, you know. Somebody's got to defend the story, okay? <laughs> because you know, you you guys you guys are difficult, but I, I will say though that I feel like I'm missing something 
because of my detachment from the lore. I feel like this relies on the lore. This is definitely uh, a fanfic. Yeah, this right. is definitely. I'm feeling the fanfic a lot, and I'm definitely feeling pretty lost due to that. There's probably a lot of characterization that has already occurred. You know, like, and and I think it's funny that I kind of nailed the Japanese anime thing before we even knew that. Yeah. Because this is this is like anime and writing, basically, <laughs> with how intense like they're they're describing this glances and exchanges. <laughs> I gotta say, I don't watch anime. I'm gonna leave it at that. <laughs> um. Yes, perhaps we should. Settle for some dinner, mistress. Those three over there are looking awfully restless about this whole situation, after all. She added in, returning her gaze back to Milano, awaiting new orders from her. Milano nodded jovially, still not affected in the slightest from the piercing and venomous gaze resting upon her from the opposite party. All right. Coco, could you... Could you be a... Could you be a dear and take their order? Mari, Sion, and I will head back to the kitchen to prepare their food. Don't go! And then if this were an anime, this is like, we're already four episodes in. This is four different episodes so far. (laughs) (laughs) This is a whole month worth of anime right now. Yes, I prepared their food. Coco nodded briskly, as if tiptoeing around communicating with Milano. Yes, mistress. She then approached the cash register at the other three, moved back into the cramped space of the kitchen. Clearing her throat, Coco tilted her head up slightly to look at Ratona, Selfine, and Rune, preparing to take their order. What do you want to eat? No, no, Coco. You have to do the introductory jingle, remember? Milano shouted from the kitchen clearly enjoying herself. Coco gulped and nodded briskly once again, a sour but nervous expression on her face. Welcome to McMilano's. How can I serve you today? McMilano's? I thought this was supposed to be a McDonald's. Rune mused out loud, confusion continuing to plague her face even more. (laughs) Selfine seemed to share the same plight her facial expression clouding with perplexity by the minute. Quite the twist, guys. We're not in the McDonald's Is right this now. just going to be like a really large story about a Mandela effect of half the people think it was McDonald's <laughs> and it actually being McMilano's? <laughs> <laughs> just people. That's a pretty strong Mandela effect there, to be able to change like from McDonald's to Milano's. Pretty impressive. I mean, we're already talking about like multiple worlds and stuff, so I'm just saying they're setting us up for it. I don't know where this is going, but... Well, let's hope someone. Eye twitching, Ratona was completely stunned by this unbelievable display that was unfolding right before her eyes. Feeling her patience coming to an end, Ratona turned on her heel, dead set on ditching this whole joint altogether. This is ridiculous. Selfine and Rune were leaving this place right now. Just as Selfine and Rune were about to respond, Milano's voice echoed from the back of the kitchen once more. Ah, ah, ah. No can do, girls. You see. As I was saying earlier about multiple universes, we're already in one at this precise moment. She stated, matter of factually, sticking her face out from around the metal racks again. As soon as you entered my 
Mick Milano's domain. Your fate was already sealed. That's preposterous. I don't know what kind of sick joke this is, but we're leaving. Now. Ratona huh. replied bluntly, her pages growing thread thin at this rate. Well, all it would take would be one more far-fetched jab from this woman, and Ratona swore that she wouldn't. She would make frickin' lose it. Wait, make frickin' lose it? Before <laughs> Ratona could question the random phrase that popped into her head any, Dude, that, anymore. That sounds like an American jam, doesn't <laughs> it? That's my frickin' lose it! Yeah. <laughs> Rune stepped in, putting a hand on Ratona's shoulder. Ritona, let's calm down, okay? I know what Milano was saying is pretty, pretty crazy, and probably, probably not credible at all. But it's not worth getting so worked up over. R Rune's right. I think right now is exactly the time we need to keep a level head above all other times. Selfine piped in giving a lightly strained but small smile. Even though she looked to be calm externally, Selfin was doing all she could to try and prevent another bout of Empress Syndrome from leaking out. Seeing the people who murdered a countless amount of your country's people wasn't exactly working wonders for that. I mean, agreed. They are taking this pretty well for having these yeah. people, like, murder most of their friends. Yeah, like, I mean, it's kind of impressive, like, that their, their patience right here. I know I'm we were saying they... this is Japanese, but they might be in Canada with how polite these people are. <laughs> <laughs> I know that you uh you you murdered most of my people, eh? But hey. I'll wait till after the work shift to to confront you about it. <laughs> okay, frankly, it was probably my fault. I probably said something mean and cross to you, <laughs> so you know I I'm sorry. Uh, doors locked. Alternate. I mentioned. Mary commented without any explanation. Poking her head out from behind Milano's body, she then procured a brown plastic tray from Cyan, a cheeseburger wrapped with expert position sitting on it. Making her way around Milano and next to Coco, she placed the tray gently on the counter, dainty fingers sliding it across to the three girls standing there. And that is... Ratona asked, obviously wary of whatever this Mari girl was offering to her. With a flourish of the hand, Mari presented the cheeseburger to Ratona with a stylish flair. Cheeseburger. Coco's eyes, ho ho! Coco's eyes wandered up to Ratona's, as if challenging her with a piercing glare. Just take it, all right. You're lucky we're being this nice to you, eh? And not searing your heads off right now with battle cravette. That's good customer service right there. <laughs> Mari nodded eagerly in agreement, waiting in anticipation. For Ratona, or, yeah, waiting in intense, okay, let me, Mari nodded. <laughs> it's so intense that's, that's making me constipated. Dude, that's our word of the day, anticipation. <laughs> it's like, it's like, what was it? Flustration. Flustration. It's frustration. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this story is making. You're and frustrated, you're just frustrated. I mean, this is this story is personally making me very frustrated. I'm pretty frustrated right now as well. <laughs> Mari nodded eagerly in agreement, waiting in anticipation. God damn it, I can't say this fucking <laughs> word. Mari noted eagerly in agreement, waiting in anticipation for Ratona to snatch up the cheeseburger. Sighing heavily, Ratona finally surrendered to their ambitious tactic. 
grabbing the cheeseburger with a cautious hand, turning her head back to Selphine and Rune. She wondered how exactly to go about this next. Before she could do anything, though, Rune stepped forward with determination, a clear goal pres present in her mind. Ritona, you should give me the cheeseburger, too, Tastes. Even though I don't have any sense of taste, I should probably be able to detect any suspicious substances like poison, if there is any. Rune then perked up again, as if having a revelation. Oh, and I don't think that poison, poison, would have that much effect on me compared to you guys, if you know what I mean. So I would probably be the safest option for taste, taste, taste testing. Well, I mean, what this is McDonald's food, so that poison sensor is going to light up all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> that's just part of the original formula. Uh, I dude, mean, that's what makes it good. This is just a testament to McDonald's endurance, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's going to be forever. While this was a risky venture, Rune would indeed be able to snuff out any suspicious elements to the cheeseburger, so this could be a worthwhile plan. The only thing bothering Ratona about this was the possibility that Melania... Milano had a trump card. <laughs> Milano. <laughs> Milano had a trump card up her sleeve, something they wouldn't be able to foresee. Then what would happen? I'm going to right there, the asking then what would happen on the assumption that they outsmarted you and are doing something completely that you couldn't predict. That question's kind of pointless <laughs> in my opinion cuz you already know you don't know what's going to happen. But what if you don't know? That's a good point. If Milano was truly telling the truth about this alternate universe shebang, she was exerting so much effort into building up. Then they were basically putty in the palm of her hand. If they didn't cooperate with what Milano wanted them to do, what's to say she wouldn't trap them in this world until they do? With these what-ifs floating in her mind, Ratona returned to reality from her brief moment of contemplation, studying her gaze onto runes, sensing her companion's sense of resolve. Rune offered her hand, awaiting Ratona to place the cheeseburger in her possession. Transferring the item in question to Rune's hand, the cheeseburger settled onto her palm quite underwhelmingly. No explosions of melting of skin coming from the casual brush of the wrapper against Rune's hand. Selphine breathed a sigh of relief from behind the two, the strain of the situation obviously taking its toll on her. Be careful, alright Rune? We don't want you to do anything too self-sacrificing for us. Don't worry, Selly. Everything's going to be fine, fine, fine! Ah, ha, 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 ha. Re Rune reassured feebly, peeling the yellow wrapper of the cheeseburger back cautiously, inch by inch. The bun of the burger was revealed to the naked eye even more, the surrounding room being so quiet that you could hear a pin drop. Before you knew it, the Miglano signature cheeseburger was exposed in all of its savory glory. It looked precisely like a regular cheeseburger, with not even a single slice of cheese, lettuce, or tomato out of place. The top bun was speckled with sesame seeds, and the hamburger patty was cooked to a flavorful crisp. Ketchup and mustard peeked out of the edges of the bun, decorating the contents of the cheeseburger with an expert's aptness. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary, so what could the scheming Milano and her lackeys be hiding? Well, 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 here I go, go, go. Parting her lips anxiously, Rune squished her eyes shut as the cheeseburger entered her mouth, taking the first bite with a, sna with a snail's pace shifting the food around from one cheek to another. It, it appeared that she was taking deliberate procedures to search for any underlying poison. As soon as she was satisfied with her check, she swallowed the food down with a gulp, eyes opening once again. Ratona and Selphine both exchanged curious glances, both wondering what the ingredients for the cheeseburger were. 
Before they could ask, however, Rune looked over at them, mouth agape in pure awe. That was actually pretty good, she began, still trying to process the contents of the cuisine. Well, it's not like I can actually taste, taste, taste it, though. But there was no poison, which was definitely a positive finding. And the composition of the cheeseburger, cheeseburger, cheeseburger in general was overall decent. It's not the most nutritious thing, but it will without a doubt leave you feeling full, full, full. That's basically every experience I've had at McDonald's. <laughs> Exiting the kitchen, Milano cheered triumphantly, an overjoyed smile spreading across her face. This w- that was my first compliment to the chef comment. I'm moving up in the world of fast food, aren't I? C- Congratulations, mistress. Uh, Coco said quieter than a mouse, eyes trained on the greasy buttons of the cash register. Mari and Cyan parroted the congratulatory wishes. Mari much, much more enthusiastic than the latter. Milano suddenly clapped her hands, the lights of the restaurant dimming on her command. She smiled conspiratorially, her crimson glaze flitting to her subordinates, and she removed her McDonald's cap in a measured motion. Raising her other hand to her forehead in a salute, everyone else in the McDonald's staff scrambled to follow suit. Well then, I would like to give my sincere thanks to the readers of this fan fiction in lieu of the author. You see, this was written all the way back in the summer of 2016, if you can believe that. Even this closing speech of mine was shown horned in before she posted this. Fourth wall shattered. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, wait, so like this is uh, one of the characters that's reading this? Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Huh? 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 This is like oh. the freaking Morty freaking oh. shit. Next time on. Ten more seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Six evens in a movie. Ratona, Selfine, and Room remained silent at the speech, unable to understand why she was speaking to the so-called readers. Taking the stunned silence's permission to continue, Milano chugged along on her fast track to wrap things up nice and neat. I would also like to thank our good friend Cindy for rummaging through old Skype chat logs on the third-party program to find last sections of this fanfiction. Without her, you wouldn't be reading this delightful piece of literature presently. She had potential with that fourth wall break, and she just ruined it. Yeah. She threw it in the garbage. Also, I like to know that this isn't that long. It's only 4,000 words. Not much happens. They just go into a McDonald's. Dude, nothing fucking happened. <laughs> Why did Wait, she need so, to go through Is that the entire story? Or? Well, we got a little bit more. Oh, it's a little, we're almost done. Snapping her fingers, an amber-sparked mana crackled out of them, and the surroundings blurred, growing fainter and fainter. Milano took a sip of an ice caramel macchiato that unexpectedly appeared in her hand, linking the remnants of the beverage from her lips. Ah, how fre- refreshing, she exclaimed, tossing the empty plastic cup into a trash can, but it ricocheted off the rim, rolling to a sad stop on the floor. Ah, oh well. Disregarding that failed slam dunk, it was... An honor entertaining you today, dear readers. Kasha Kravate, Mana Fission. Everything faded into obscurity. The end. This whole story faded into obscurity. They're self aware. I, I get that this wasn't a tour, but this was a tour. <laughs> no, no. We go inside at McDonald's, we get described how the McDonald's is, we order something, and then it ends. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like they set you up so big too because it's like they killed the people and stuff like that but no it's just a normal hamburger yeah nothing went i don't down know there. why she had to go through her old chat logs to find the rest of the story nothing happened i mean i will say is it... this is like a primordial bandersnatch so there you go <laughs> yeah it's not the worst idea it's just terrible execution I was about to say I was so disappointed in Bandersnatch. I was like, that's not a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> Hated that crap. Well, um, definitely felt like there was kind of an inside joke going on with the show. Yeah. It doesn't stand on its own outside of the show, I don't think. And I think that matters a lot for a fan fiction. Like, yeah, maybe... fan fiction should not be so tethered to the show that, like, we should have been able to at least see some personality through the characters enough to where we could understand yeah. them a little mm. bit more. Yeah, is, uh, there was no characterization. Yeah, like you said, there's no characterization here, which helped a non-watcher or a non-viewer. Um, I'm ready for the rating. <laughs> you got a rating? Well, why don't you go first then? I'm going to go with one and a half Harry Potters out of five. Yeah. I'm going to give it the half for just, it was just well written. So, yeah. They like, used, you know, great vocabulary, uh, great grammar. It was, it read smoothly. Uh, I, I mean, I, the, the scene was set well, honestly. I knew it was anime, and, the, and I felt, you know, like I was in the setting uh, before I understood it. So, that was, the, there's definitely some imagery points there. Uh, however, I just the, the story was garbage. I, I was yeah. it was that was anticlimactic. <laughs> I was pretty uh, waiting for it to be over about halfway through. <laughs> so um, that was bad. Yeah. Okay, so I also feel slight pressure to be negative because it calls me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's an important note that being um like having your story written well, which this one was written well. It was like it met the standards of being writing. Uh, does not mean that it's a good it 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 stands up in the rankings because I feel like you know this is a good example where it's like a story like that's written quite well it read fine the dialogue makes sense they're not crazy or anything like that there's not like misspellings but man nothing 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 happens mm -hmm. just just nothing happens which I mean so so Himawari dreams that take that note from Connor just make stuff happen make stuff happen I mean. You've got Himori Dreams, uh, you know, learning that lesson. I mean, just think about Super Bowl 53 <laughs> two days ago. Make stuff happen. Make stuff happen. Worst Super Bowl I've ever seen. Um, uh, Proper Gent, your comments on this one? Super Bowl 53 was the worst Super Bowl I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree with uh, Connor on this one. Also, uh, this was worse than Nickelback's worst album. Oh, so what was that? It's a one out of five. Uh, that was actually the one that we were just talking about—the one that had animals on it. Oh, that, that was 41. that was their worst album. Yeah, it was Save Me and Photograph and everything like that. It was rated the worst. So I wonder how all many... the right reasons. Hmm. I wonder if the if there were if there were reviews coming in from nowadays re-reviewing it in a more negative light. Because it was pretty popular at the time period, like it it made like animals and Rockstar made it in photograph for like chart toppers. Because yeah, because I think the the hatred towards Nick Nickelback came around, you know, kind of in the meme ish area era, yeah. and they were way before that time. So I think like kind of everybody just kind of bandwagoned on the hate because it was just cool to hate them. 
Yeah. I don't even think they had an experience with them. You know? No, probably not. Mm-hmm. I did. I, jump, I totally jump on that bad yeah. Well, was I, great I, I had I had experience with this novel right here, and so I can hate on it unbiasedly. Um, but yeah. So, so we got two, so, one, a one and a half out of five, and a one out of five. Uh, what about you, Seth? Go ahead and give it a one out of five. I agree. I think it was written well, but this is kind of like the logical extreme of what I was talking about with like coming up with an idea and then not following it through. And like, I did not enjoy, like, I get that it's trying to be like quirky and catch you off guard, but it just completely like changed the story and didn't even resolve itself. So I I mean, it didn't kill me. We weren't here for like, I don't know how the last one seemed to take so long. So like, (laughs) that's the only reason this gets a one over a zero, but uh, pretty bad. Need to work on like everything. Just go research what the word story uh, constitutes. (laughs) And uh, come back and try again. Yeah, there's a lot of points we could make here. For one, they go to McDonald's, but then that's not even a central part of the story. You think that'd be maybe they can make a lot of jokes, right? They can make a lot of jokes about um, different McDonald's things, like oh, well, like their their burger came in a like it, it looked nothing like in the picture. I don't know McDonald's jokes. Maybe not the greatest. They could have done a lot of stuff, right? Maybe they could have had some like anime characters in a realistic setting and done like one of those goofy things where it's like. Oh, look how crazy and wacky the anime character is, and look how deadpan the nine to five McDonald's employee is. But is instead, this... they went, yeah. Oh, go. You can finish up. But instead, they went pure anime, which isn't the worst thing. But they it didn't have any conflict. Like they could have made it to where they had an epic battle in the McDonald's, and there could have been some gags there. I mean, yeah, there's just nothing happened. I don't know if. If this was just, like, supposed to be like that? Or? Yeah, or maybe, like, you know, if they downloaded the information about the McDonald's stuff, I mean, maybe it was more than they bargained for, you know? <laughs> or maybe there was some, some, some cryptic stuff in that Oh, they could go menu. on, like, a, a treasure hunt or something? Yeah, a treasure hunt. Who knows? They could have done anything. Anything. I mean, like, I felt like I was listening to a 15-minute uh, Family Guy flashback. Like, we could have covered this in about 30 seconds. <laughs> But it took like 50 <laughs> minutes instead. <laughs> Go to McDonald's. They find people eat cheeseburger. Fade into obscurity. <laughs> oh, my God. This reminds me of the time I went to McDonald's with an Android. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But see, in, like I mentioned, the fourth wall break uh, definitely was unexpected. So I did appreciate that. However, that I thought, what if that was the twist? That would have been awesome. Like. What that could have been a whole story in itself. The person that you're talking to, it becomes self-aware. And yeah, they can kind of use that in their evil plan. I mean, but instead, it was just used to give thanks to Cindy for looking through some old Skype chat logs. For what I I assume, if they she remembered the idea of the story, I guess it's just that she didn't want to write it again, right? And so at that point, I'd be like, okay, that's fair. I can see why you want to write. You don't want to write this again. <laughs> then don't write it. Don't write it. Yeah. But she found it, so she probably just put it up. I gotta say, Himawari Dreams, you got the technical skills to become a good writer, and you start just start thinking big picture. Think think like three-act structure. What are your favorite animes, dude? What does Fault do? I haven't seen it. <laughs> Maybe this is what Fault does. <laughs> <laughs> we just we did a whole season where the Fault just now. Possible theory here. Maybe these like fanfics have like this con- concurrent problem of like, you know, a lot of anime 
uh, fans are big parts of these fanfic uh, communities and stuff. And you know how a lot of anime had like those filler episodes where you don't do anything. You know, it's like Goku and Piccolo drive. Yeah, a car. it's it's because they they base the shows off the manga. Yeah. And then there's they uh, there's not enough manga to make all the episodes. So they literally just, just make random whatever. crap. But so I wonder if since they they like that stuff though I mean they like the shows and they have to watch it all the time yeah and so I wonder if that's kind of like bred into their like style of thinking about stories that there has to be that they have to be super long I mean yeah go ahead go ahead and so what I'm thinking is that maybe you know some of these people write and they think that would be a funny episode in the mo- in the anime which for them it might actually be but for anyone who's not a big anime fan they're, they're they hate filler episodes like I think people don't even like it when like sitcoms do filler episodes and so. Like like Parks and Rec and stuff, and so I think that might be one of the part of the reason we keep seeing this problem of like they come up with an interesting concept and then it falls and goes nowhere really. That's just a thought though. That makes sense. I mean, there uh, that's a good theory that it has been bred into their understanding of story because if they're a big enough fan, they're writing a, a lengthy fan fiction. Yeah, they're probably well well watched. Yeah, I do think it'd be awesome if we went and watched Fault and like this all just tied together. What if this is a verbatim like? Oh, this this is episode one. <laughs> this is the pilot. <laughs> I'm in the fourth wall breaking. It's like thank you for watching this television episode, episode one. Yeah, we may. Audience. We, we Special may thanks to... to Cindy. <laughs> <laughs> Cindy is my rock. <laughs> if, if I watch a fall episode and it gives me a brand new appreciation for this, I I will be pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. If anyone who works on the Fault team is listening, contact Himawari Dreams and make this episode a reality. <laughs> like, with enough screaming and gesturing, you can make this 20 minutes. You know, just a little fun and thing. And if you work at Family Guy and you're hearing this, do a flashback. <laughs> I'd be down, yeah. You know, Peter goes to McDonald's with a robot and two, uh, two anime girls. Then they order a cheeseburger. I mean, it sounds like a Family Guy joke. <laughs> have you guys been watching the new family guys or the the latest one i have watched the latest season there was a trump guy was the a trump weird one. one yeah definitely uh the show jumped a shark a while ago i don't know it feels <laughs> like like it, it, i'm not even watching the same show as i used to like yeah they're, they're, i mean it's pretty hit or miss they still have some pretty hilarious parts don't get me wrong but there's, there's sometimes we're watching an episode and i'm like what the heck <laughs> there is nothing like family guy that i've come to know well, I think what they do is they get like a, a vase and then everyone writes like a bunch of jokes on little pieces of paper over the course of like two days and they just throw jokes in there till they have it full of jokes and then they just run in and they just pick pick 30 and then yeah. <laughs> put make an episode around those 30 jokes. That seems to be the process now because it's just, especially with the cutaways, they're getting out of hand. Yeah. Well, so that averaged what to like a one, one out of five roughly. Yeah. I'm giving it. I'm giving it a one for all of the arguments. I agree with everybody on every criticism so far. Uh, well, so this one didn't make it big. Sorry, but she's got tons of other, tons of other work. You're still sitting on your throne, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> but we're coming. <laughs> we'll, t- we'll take you off one of these days. <laughs> well, f- J.K. Rowling. <laughs> yeah. We'll meet again, Harry Potter. <laughs> well. Bye. Bye. Hey, the stories, you know, they might take off. And if you have any other stories you think might take off, feel free to email them to us at barrygenpodcast at gmail.com.